Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello and welcome to the Pelican Scoop, a podcast dedicated to New Orleans Pelicans, a hoop-ball.com presentation. I am Lyle Swithenbank and this is episode one. Wow, what a feeling, we made it. For those of you that don't know me or didn't listen to the little introduction podcast earlier this week, I am from Perth, Western Australia. And came to Hoopball at the start of this 2019-2020 uh, season as a premium contributor. I appeared on numerous premium shows sporadically from Tuesday through Thursday. In addition, I now host a live and free show on Hoopball's Facebook page called Saturday Night Lyle. It's only on Saturday nights and we chat all things NBA and NBA fantasy. So make sure you tune into that as well. You can follow both me and this show on Twitter. Please tweet and follow me at at Lyle Swithenbank, L-Y-L-E-S-W-I-T-H-E-N-B-A-N-K and tweet and follow the show at at HoopballPels, P-E-L-S. Your support is greatly appreciated and uh, yeah, feel free to, to shout us out, give us a follow, give us a like. That would be great. Now, this podcast is going to be me spinning some yarns. And for those of you that don't understand Australian slang, a yarn is a story. And eventually, we're going to dig into the games and player performances. However, obviously at the moment, while there aren't any games being played, I'm going to dive right into this episode. Uh, so in today's episode, and in the next few until the league resumes, we're going to talk about the history of professional basketball in New Orleans. Today, we're going to start with the origin story, how the first professional basketball team came to New Orleans. It was 1947. World War II had just finished and men were returning from overseas postings. There was a sudden uptick in popularity for basketball. People were looking for things to do. They were bored and basketball was a medium that people grabbed hold of. At the time, there were three major, and I use that term loosely, basketball leagues in America. The Basketball Association of America, or BAA, the National Basketball League, and the American Basketball League, the ABL. In 1947, the NBL and the BAA, the two biggest and probably most profitable leagues, reached an agreement to stage a joint college draft and also hold a final series against the two champions of each respective league. In the shadows, however, Morris White, a Chicago industrialist, pulled his team, the Chicago American Gears, 
out of the NBL to form a new league, the Professional Basketball League of America, or the PBLA. Legend has it that White left the NBL after after an unsuccessful run at becoming NBL president, and thus the PBLA was born. White's idea was to run his own league and was based around the draw card of his Chicago Gears. Headlining his team was George Mikan. The PBL consisted of 16 teams across the Midwest and South. White owned and operated them all. As a side note, one of the representatives of the Grand Rapids franchise was Gerald Ford. 27 years later, he'd become President of the United States. White managed to bring across some other major league players to the PBL by offering two-year contracts, which were quite lucrative at the time. Unfortunately, this was short-lived, as the league collapsed just eight games into an inaugural season, due to lack of interest from the fans in the other franchise cities, excluding the George Mikan-led Chicago Gears. The team we are concerned about, however, was the New Orleans Hurricanes. Now, there's not a whole heap of information out there on the New Orleans Hurricanes, particularly because the league only lasted eight games. The New Orleans Hurricanes became New Orleans' first professional basketball team for a total of eight games. It went three wins to five losses in the PBLA's Southern Division. They were coached by Herb Paylett and were led by Paul Seymour out of Toledo, class of 1946, as a 19-year-old 6'2 forward who led the team in scoring with 14.1 points per game, which was good for 8th in the league. Upon the collapse of the league, Seymour transferred to Baltimore in the BAA. It was the NBL which initially benefited from the collapse of the league, as it laid claim to all of the former players. Unfortunately, this led to some stability in both the BAA and the NBL as teams were moving leagues and, and relocating and players became fed up with playing in small market teams. It sounded like chaos. And this eventually led, with a whole heap of conjecture in the middle, but we're not going to go into that, to a merger between the two leagues to form what we know as the National Basketball Association or the NBA. And it was clear from then that only one major league could exist. And that was until five former NBL teams decided to leave and form the National Professional Basketball League, or NPBL. The five teams were all from small markets and were fed up with the lack of small market exposure and popularity. So this goes to show that the PBL was fairly important at forming the modern-day NBA. Unfortunately, there isn't too much on the Hurricane specifically, and if anyone has any more information on please send it through and I'll do a follow-up in future episodes. But for now, we're going to leave the PBL and the creation of the NBA right there. We might come back to that yarn in future episodes. So how was that? Yarn number one down. I hope we're all still on board, and that was a little bit of background as to what we might be covering in the episodes going forward. If people have any specific New Orleans history that they want me to share, please send it through. I'm happy to be told and and talk about it and do some research. I thoroughly enjoy this. And I hope you guys are as well. Now, the next part of the podcast is where we talk about New Orleans history in general. Now, this is another part of the podcast that I really wanted to capture because I think New Orleans is, is more than just a basketball city. It's more than just a football city. 
It's got a rich history and culture which I'd love to unpack and explore and I hope you guys would like to listen in. No doubt we'll get to the Pelicans at some point today, but at the moment we're just doing a little bit of a walk down memory lane through the history of New Orleans. So yarn number two today is about the history of New Orleans and the foundation of it. So I thought with this podcast we could expand a little bit further than, than just the basketball and we'll talk about uh, things such as the history of New Orleans and, and I think we'll have a few different series running concurrently throughout each podcast. So we'll, do, we'll talk about the Pelicans, we'll talk about the history of the Pelicans and then we'll also talk about the history of New Orleans. Obviously if people want to throw some suggestions out for things that they'd like to hear about, well feel free to tweet me and, and leave me some comments and, and ask for some stuff because I'm more than happy to adapt and, and add those as well. But for now, we're going we're gonna to jump into yarn number two, which is about the history of New Orleans. So we'll break down our shows going forward into separate yarns, so then we can run those series as we go and, and develop those storylines. It's a bit like listening to Game of Thrones, we jump around with different characters. So yarn number two. So New Orleans was founded in the spring of 1718 by the French Mississippi Company under the direction of Jean-Baptiste Lemoyne de Bienville. And that was on land inhabited by the Chichimacha, the local people inhabiting the area at the time. Uh, And it was named for Philippe II, Duke of New Orleans, who was the regent of the King of France at the time. His title came from the French city of Orleans. Now... The French actually ceded control of New Orleans uh, to the Spanish following the signing of the Treaty of Paris or Paris for those speaking English, not French. And the name was, under Spanish rule, Nevea Orleans and was used as a major port. It remained under Spanish control until 1803 and then briefly jumped back to French rule. Uh, And if you actually go to New Orleans and you have a look around, you can see all the French architecture and uh, that still remains today. It's one of those cities that has preserved all of that culture and history quite well. And that was something that caught me up when I went went there and went exploring. I thought that was a really, really nice touch. And you can see those French uh, nuances still uh, come through into the people today and, and also into the surrounding town itself. As a French colony, uh, Louisiana faced struggles with the Native Americans, they had a whole heap of battles and and killed a lot of people, but then eventually down the track uh, it all settled down. When in 1803, uh, Napoleon, who was the leader of the French at the time, uh, sold New Orleans under the, uh, and Louisiana, under the Louisiana Purchase, I think it's called, to the United States, and it formed a, one of the, uh, the 50 states. So this actually changed the culture of New Orleans a bit. It, it ended up uh, bringing in a whole heap of Creole, French and African people and also immigrants, Irish, Germans, the Polish and the Italians. Crops of sugar and cotton were cultivated and added to the culture, the rich culture that we still see with New Orleans today. In 1804, after the Haitian Revolution, both whites and free people of colour arrived in New Orleans and we can still see that vast culture at spread today and that's filtered through and what makes New Orleans so unique. Now we might leave the history lesson there for now because I know we're all desperate to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans, I know I am, but we might jump back into the history of New Orleans 
later on in future episodes and keep that going and, and keep finding a basis as to what makes New Orleans and the New Orleans Pelicans such a unique city and team. So now we're going to get to the meaty part, which I know everyone's been waiting for, which is the New Orleans Pelicans. The gold and blue, the rebranding in 2012, and that reshaped the team from the New Orleans Hornets as Charlotte adopted that name back, and the Pelicans formed their own identity, led by the number one draft pick, Anthony Davis, who at the time was seen as, I guess, the saviour of New Orleans after some traumatic times throughout Hurricane Katrina, and it was a way that New Orleans supporters could have their own identity rather than an adopted team from Charlotte. Now, currently on the season, the New Orleans Pelicans were sitting just outside of the top eight in the Western Conference. They were on a run uh, and looked like they were right hot on the tails of the Memphis Grizzlies, which, to me, had us all nervous because the Grizzlies had been fantastic this year. But at the same time, they just looked really, really good and played some really good basketball. So they sat 10th in the West with 28 wins, 36 losses when the league went on hiatus, which was a game behind the Portland Trailblazers and four games behind the Memphis Grizzlies. So there was absolutely a chance that they could continue to win considering that both Portland and Memphis had been a bit up and down. The roster is something we're going to dig into as we go along in future episodes, but for now I'm going to just list the roster off, and we're going to probably do a bit of player unpacking throughout coming episodes. So the team as it stands with the roster is number zero, Nikhail Alexander-Walker, number two, Lonzo Ball, 22, Derek Favors, number three, Josh Hart, number 10, Jackson Hayes, Number 11, Drew Holiday. Brandon Ingram at number 14. Frank Jackson, number 15. Niccolo Melli, number 20. Darius Miller, 21. Ethan Moore, 55. Jalil Okafor, number 9. JJ Redick, number 4. Kenrich Williams, number 34. And Zion Williamson, number 1. There's also Zylan Cheatham, number 45. And Josh Gray, number 5. Who I think are on the two-way contracts. So, this team is, is young. I think the average age is around 23 or 24 years old. And for me, I think that's what piqued my interest a little bit, is that they were this team that, if we kept it together, could be absolutely dangerous for years to come in the West. I mean, we didn't see too much of Zion Williamson until the last 15 or so games of the season, and he looked like an absolute stud. But he also, at times, looked a little unfit. And I think with a full preseason under his belt and a whole and then a following season after that, he's going to be an absolute stud for years to come. Now, the team was mostly built from the Lakers acquiring Anthony Davis, who was traded in the off season. And for that haul, they ended up getting some absolute up and coming guns. I mean number two pick Lonzo Ball, looks like a great player, Josh Hart was also an absolute stud, and Brandon Ingram, who was an all-star this year. 
who looks like he has taken another step. They put the ball in his hands. He has absolutely come leaps and bounds this year. You know, throughout the coming episodes, we might actually unpack some of the games that we've had this year and, and have a look at them and, and see where did it all come together for the New Orleans Pelicans. Maybe we'll have a look at Zion's first game. We'll have a look at uh, some big games from Brandon Ingram. And we'll unpack those as well and what his tendencies are and how he plays. Because that sort of stuff is stuff that if you don't watch every game, yeah, you see in the media that Brandon Ingram is an all-star. He's dominating. He's dropping 30-odd points every few games. Zion Williamson looks like a dunking beast. But you don't actually see the whole 48 minutes of basketball. You only really see the highlights on SportsCenter or, or ESPN or, or Bleacher Report, things like that, which doesn't give you the full picture. So I think it's important to see how these players actually play and whether or not they have that long-term longevity with the team and whether they're a trade piece or whether they could potentially turn into a figurehead going forward, something to build around for the New Orleans Pelicans, someone for the fans to cheer for. So I thought today we would start with unpacking Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is the leader of the team. Now, Drew Holiday is listed as a shooting guard, so he plays a little bit off the ball, but also as that lead guard. He's been an all-star before himself when he was with the Philadelphia 76ers. Listed at 6'3", 205 pounds. He's out of UCLA, and his salary this year is $26 million and change, so pretty reasonable for a borderline all-star guard and someone that guys like... Lonzo, Josh Hart, can really look up to, as well as uh, Noor as well, Nickel, Alexander Walker. So all of those guys have got this leader now that you could you learn from. And, you know, Drew's always been touted as the sort of guy that is a good culture guy, a good leader. And you want that. You want that for young guys to see how to do it properly and how to play the game of basketball and also be an NBA player. You know, it's not all about the glitz and glam. It's about playing for your team, playing for your city, representing something bigger than yourself. Because I'm also a, a fantasy NBA fanatic, I like to have a look at the stats and I like to unpack those as well and see the fantasy value as well. So you'll get a lot of that in future shows, especially when we start playing games. You know, we'll unpack that uh, as well. At the, on the season for Drew... He's averaging 19.6 points, 2.9 turnovers. He was 0.8 blocks, 1.7 steals, 6.9 assists, and 4.9 rebounds, which is almost 1.3 offensive rebounds a game, 3.6 defensive. So those stats for a guard are pretty impressive, I thought. 19-odd points a game is great for a leader. You know, a guy that plays on and off the ball uh, for a team that looked like they were making a great run. I think in the last few games uh, heading into the hiatus, as I talked about, they went 9-7 and seven since the 1st of February. So while that isn't a huge percentage, it's still above 500, 
We also got to see Zion. It looked like he led the le- well led the team in scoring in over half of those games, along with Drew and Ingram. We also did see on the 9th of March a big win over Minnesota, 120 to 107. And in that holiday, went for 37. So, you know, sometimes you just need a guy who's going to go and get a bucket. And I think Drew Holiday has always been tipped as a player like that. He can put the ball in his hands and he will score for you. He doesn't need anyone to set him up. He can create for himself. He has great passing IQ. And I think he's a really, really top-level point guard in the league. And I think that he's the sort of guy that if you... that playoff teams could use him and also rebuilding teams could because he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands but he can also slow down the tempo he can increase it and that I think is is an important skill to be able to have he doesn't move the ball unnecessarily which I think is another key skill that you need to have and overall I really am impressed with his game you know in that game for example he shot 65% from the field 37% from three, nine rebounds, eight assists, a block and a steal, you know, along with 37 points. He's flirting with a triple-double and a big win against an upstart Minnesota team. Yeah, they've been up and down, but they can play good at any any point in the year. So he only had one turnover in that game as well. So you're looking at an absolute stud that was on the 9th of March. As I said, in the last 10 games, especially with with Zion coming back, he actually upped his percentages to 51% on the in the, those games, 40% three-pointers. His free throw dropped. He was down to 63%, but 8.8 assists and 5.8 rebounds, averaging 20.4 points a game. Those are all-star quality numbers. Unfortunately, due to the Pelicans being... No tenth in the in the West, they're not going to be able to pull off two All Stars in the Western Conference. Lakers took up a couple, and we got Ingram, so that was pretty good. Drew Holiday flirts right with that All Star mentality as it is, or that All Star status. So that's a guy that we should hold on to. We should definitely continue to pay. I know around the community, he chips in all the time, and he's he's always out and about. Uh, looking after the New Orleans public, which I think is just admirable in itself. That's above and beyond as to what you're actually required to do. But you see people like that and they enjoy doing it. And I think that's really important. So for our leader to step up like that and and play great basketball, you know, for him, if you're shooting over 50% from the field, it means you're not taking silly shots and averaging 20 points. You know, you're taking enough shots and you're making them. 40% 40% from three, that's that's incredible. You know, that's all-time numbers when you're shooting like that. I mean, it was only over 10 games, but at the same time, if he's going to step up like that, what could have happened going forward? Would he have continued to trend upwards and then all of a sudden we're getting dragged into the playoffs? Who knows? You know, that could, um, could very well have happened. And I think whatever happens with the league, we'll find out soon enough. But again... Who knows what's going to happen? I think it's uh, it's an interesting 
time in the NBA and, and for the Pelicans. And unfortunately, they were probably the biggest losers in this whole hiatus because they were trending upward. Portland couldn't figure it out and neither could Memphis. You know, they'd win some big games and then lose some others. So it really was all up to the Pelicans to seal their fate and make it into the playoffs. So we'll never know now, but we'll see what happens in, in coming years. I think another year altogether will be... Um, will be fantastic, and that's something that we should keep an eye on. And I know I'll be bringing you all of the, uh, the hot gossip and information as and when it becomes available. So, yeah, that was the Drew Holiday plug, and I think we should hold on to him. He looks like an absolute star, and hopefully we can, we can sort him out and, and keep him around. So I thought we'd leave it at that for today. I, we've had a lot of content covered and we talked about Drew Holiday, we talked about the PBL, the New Orleans Hurricanes briefly and next episodes we're going to talk some more hoops, we're going to talk some more history and hopefully you'll join me. Before we go I'd just like to send some special thanks to probasketballencyclopedia.com, nbahoopsonline.com and neworleans.com for all the information they provided that helped me build this podcast today. So thanks to them. But for now, I think we'll leave it at that. This is the Pelican Scoop. I am Lyle Swithenbank, at Lyle Swithenbank, L-Y-L-E-S-W-I-T-H-E-N-B-A-N-K on Twitter. Feel free to give us a like, give us a subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.